Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? This is your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra. I am with the one and only Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What is going on, my man? In in the words of Carmen, which is perfect for where we are in Pentecost, Acts chapter two. Okay, remember Carmen? I yes, yes. And the champion. Yeah, he says ten. <laughs> 10 episodes that's it this is 10 the countdown has it's begun crazy, man. as he started counting down you know during the champion song yeah, or whatever yeah. and all the voices were like stop he's, he's coming alive yeah. remember that song <laughs> that's what uh, came through I my head a few. i went to a carmen concert how did you not know carmen i did know carmen i just i went to a few carmen concerts and uh it was it was awesome it was a little too much for me though like he's latino theatrics charismatic and yeah, tricks. It all came it was, with I mean, your upbringing. It was nice. It was nice. Come on. It was nice. He had the champion. He had Lazarus. Yeah. He had all these songs. It was, yeah. Rest in peace, Carmen. <laughs> People listening <laughs> have no idea right now what we just talked about. Oh, man. Maybe a few. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Don't Google them. Yeah. <laughs> Save yourself. We are, uh, we're thankful to be with you guys. Another episode, episode 43. Man, I can't believe it. When you do it by numbers, it just makes everything so much more faster. And so we have been uh, chuckling along. Thank you for joining in and listening to us. Or if you're watching on YouTube, appreciate the love and support. Uh, we're excited, man. We got we, we really ran through some really cool things. But before we dive into that, just want to remind you guys, check us out. Uh, Post Sunday podcast on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, listen to us, subscribe, leave a, a review as well on iTunes. That helps really uh, just get more exposure, get more people out to the pod and uh, get, get people more fed with the word of God, man. And if you guys are YouTubers, you enjoy uh, watching, uh, check us out on YouTube, Post Sunday Podcast as well. And hit that notification bell. We'll love to get you guys uh, the newest and greatest episode once we release them to you. So I'm excited, man. Um, if you've been with us, thank you for the support. If you're new with us, Post Sunday Podcast is uh, we it stemmed from Genesis Church Orlando. Yeah, we're a church on East Orlando. We gather together on Sundays uh, at 815, 930, and 11. You're welcome to check us out. But what we've been doing is what's called a never-ending story, and it's been great. We, we started January 1, Genesis 1. And now we are uh, going into Acts 2. And we're on um, week 43. And so we've literally been doing a, an entire Bible series and, and study together as a church. Um, you guys are welcome to just binge on that and really enjoy that. But every episode, man, we've just been bringing more and more context and more and more uh, deeper insights. So we're, we're looking to continue that here as we roll through the year. But check us out, genesischurchorlando.com backslash the never ending story to get all the resources that you need. But enough with that, man. Um, week's been good. It's been great. Yeah. We had a great day yesterday. We did, man. At church. 
And uh, we've had a great year so far. Yeah. So here we are, 10 episodes left, including this one, yeah. right? So the countdown has begun. It's crazy. How we end this, it matters. It does. To our listeners, to our watchers. You know, I, I was talking with a few people yesterday. They're like, why don't you have this up Monday afternoon for us? <laughs> they, they don't realize all that goes into <laughs> trying to get this done. As a matter of fact, right now we have a special guest in the room do. that does uh, production and all that so that we can t continue little, to elevate this. I'm a little nervous. He's, going he's into the new year. Like yeah, he, he's, he's kind of like just <laughs> over our shoulder right now. But we're doing that because we want to see this podcast excel. Yeah. For the people that have been with us, for yeah. those that are joining us, for the new people that are finding us, and really for year number two. So we're already thinking, where's the trajectory of this going? So that's the exciting thing about this. Big time. And as it grows, we are, uh, we got a lot of things in our mind. And one of them has been merch. And that's. It's coming. Oh, man. It's in the process. The, the big go. announcement <laughs> for all of those listening. Let's merch go. is in process it's now. It's going. You promised it week one. It took you 43 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I didn't think <laughs> we would have merch the first year at to all. To deliver. Yeah. But we're going to deliver it, it, for means, all those growing. All those diamond it. status fans, you know. So this <laughs> is this you. is we got you. Giveaways coming soon. It's all baby. coming. <laughs> we love y'all. We thank you for the support. Every time I talk to somebody at Genesis Church, they're like, "Man, for I think I think it's literally like the first thing they say. I, I love the podcast. Uh, you mentioned this or you mentioned that. Yeah. And it was just it's just so cool to to get the support, and and it's from the people you least expect, which is great. Like you know, they're just checking it out and being a part of it. So I didn't think we were gonna have merch. Um, this entire year, we just, we didn't know. I mean, we we didn't forecast we're coming how this, through. Is, this would be. We're, no holds bar, man. Yeah. We are coming through for all of our yeah. people. Yeah, big time. That's for them. And so, you know, the investment has been made from our part, you know, in a lot of things, in time and resources and, and everything to get this out to you guys. And if it's a blessing to our church and outside of it, hey, man, we're all for it, you know, so... But yeah, man, let, uh, let's get right to it. We got our post-Sunday podcast question of the week. We got our man Stanton producing today. What is up, my man? How's your week going? I'm good. Happy to be back in Orlando from being in New Orleans. What a trip that was. Ooh. I'll probably never go back anytime soon, but it was fun. That's cool, man. For all those that don't know, producer fan, Stanton so. has got two loves in his life. The Jaguars, <laughs> which we need to fix that part. And his woman, his woman, whom his, 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 uh, her mother called the other day and literally said, hello, son-in-law. It's like, what, what are we doing? It's, a, it's, it's that's done. where that it's, it's, it's over. <laughs> and then Jesus is third. <laughs> no, Jesus definitely comes first. Now I showed Tim that the other night. He goes, son-in-law. So it looks like That's it's awesome. already wrapped up in the books. But anyways, yeah. enough about me. This this show's not about Let's me. Go. I don't want to get too too much in that. But we do have a PSP PSPQ, so we're gonna line that up now. Here we go. It is time now for Pastor Tim and Johnny to break down and dissect this week's question on everyone's favorite segment, the PSP question of the day. That is great. All right, so this is the PSPQ question of the week. It does come from one of our local listeners, one of our avid listeners, and, um, you know, just also want to throw that out there. If you do have a question, please send us an email, postsunday at gmail.com. 
Also, reach out to us on Instagram and on TikTok and on X. Trust me, we do listen. So we are waiting for your questions. So we are always ready for that. But our question reads here, we got, can you expand on what a being what being a disciple of Jesus looks and sounds like on a daily basis when it talks about leaving everything behind and following, what does that look like in today's life? You on the hot seat, man. Let's go with this Ready? You. I got the Rocky song. I'm pumped up, ready yeah. to go. So here's what I would say about that. Following Jesus is a total surrender. Yeah. I would, I would preference that with this. People have different paces in their spiritual walk, and that's okay. There are some that they're ready to just run a full sprint. They hear that Rocky music, and they're running down the beach in their head with them. You know, and there are other people, they are taking this step by step. They're, they're trying to learn and discover and understand this maybe in a new way, in a different way. Maybe they've never heard it before. Maybe they did. And they're, they're trying to, to decipher between if they want to put their faith and trust in it. Um, and so there are different paces. However, when you come to Jesus, there is a realization that it is all for him, all of you as we've been talking about, head, hands, and feet, all that you have, all that you are, all that you're a part of. As you've been saying, if you're a doctor, it's because God has given you such a skill and a talent to be used for his glory and his, for his kingdom. If you're a teacher, God has given you the ability to lead kids in a, in a unique way for his glory and for his kingdom. Whatever it is, you begin to realize that talent, that gift, whatever I have, you have to ask yourself, how am I using it for his glory? And there is a surrender in that. I'm thinking about when I was in West Africa, we were in a village in the middle of nowhere. We had driven for hours into the dark, through dirt roads, through fields to enter into this village. And we showed the Jesus film and then uh, they gave a gospel presentation. And there were a couple hundred people that came from local villages from all around. And at the end of the night, two men got up and they went forward to put their faith and trust in Christ. And I remember kind of scratching my head for a moment going, I would have expected a different response. And the missionary said, no, let me tell you what just took place. Those two men are leaders in their villages. Wow. And for them to come forward, they may not be allowed to go back to their villages. So that's a big step in and of itself because a witch doctor maybe has an influence in that. But if they are, they're the leader in the village. So they're going to take that faith, not just to their family, but to their whole village. And it was this realization that these men are making a life altering decision in this moment when they choose Jesus. And that's what disciples have to understand. It is a life altering decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus. This is why I think some people are scared to do that because they want to hold on to their things things that they've done, the story they're writing, the path they want to be on, and they don't know what it's going to look like if they abandon that and they say it's all for your glory, what that might mean. That's the beauty of Acts today. Yeah, We're going to see what a, a surrendered life to Jesus looks like, and we're going to see that in the next stories to come. That's the beauty of the whole book of Acts, 28 chapters of what happens when you truly encounter Jesus, how it transforms you, and what it leaves people to do is ask the question, is the way of Jesus better than my own way? And therefore, no matter what, you're surrendering to something. 
you're either surrendering to Jesus, everything you got, or you're surrendering to your own thought or your own ideology or your own philosophy or your own conclusion of how life is going to go, you are still abandoning surrendering. So when following Jesus, there is that surrender. However, people may be on a different pace through that understanding of a surrender. Yeah, that's good, man. Oof. You said it all there, bro. Let's go. I got nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you learned that's in 43 good. weeks. That's good. Yeah, it's super good, man. But yeah, as you said, as, as uh, you know, speaking of the building and 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 kind of uh, the evolution of the church, the 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 birth of the church, uh, we begin that. I ended uh, last week with a to be continued and what we were uh, getting ready to get ourselves into the following week, which is what you talked about yesterday. And it is the the helper. It is it is the anticipated one that they are. Um, it's, it's, it, Jesus, Jesus tells them, I'm, I'm bringing you a helper. I just, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of putting myself in their, in their, their mindset and shoes and, and, and maybe they're, they're thinking of it in a, in a different way, you know? And, yeah. but, uh, we'll get to that, but you began everything in Mark 13, 10 and 11. Um, talk to us why there. Where yeah. did you want to, how are you, where was this going in regards to? I think to this has a beautiful theme. connection to the beginning of Acts 2. Because as we've talked about, and as we know, even for those listening today, once again, it doesn't matter if you're part of our church. This is a resource to help you understand the Bible. So wherever you're watching from, wherever you're listening from, the thing is when you talk about Acts chapter 2, everyone immediately is thinking, Holy Spirit. And there's all different thoughts around that, right? There's all different bends and takes and, and interpretations and all that. So I could feel the tension in the room come up, let alone I know there's people waiting in this podcast to go like, hey, how much further are we going with this today, right? Like, where is this going to take us? But I, I wanted to set the backdrop to the fact that Jesus had already addressed some things with his disciples, because when we get into the book of Acts, that's what we have to realize. This is the book of the disciples and also the apostles acting out the way of Jesus. So it's in the title, right? Luke is the author, yeah. um, but it is it is uh, um, it is an account of these disciples taking what they learned from Jesus and acting it out. And so whenever we're saying, "How do I do things the way Jesus wants?" What does God really want me to understand about this? That's why Acts is such a beautiful book. But in Mark chapter 13, they're arguing about, you know, the end of the age, which we've joked around about, you know, and what people want to know once we get to Revelation, you know, what's your take on that? And, you know, does this date plus this date mean this is going to occur and, and, and all that? And where's the billboard that says end of the year 2026? Is it really happening? Push all that aside. Jesus says, Here's what you need to know about the end of the age when it comes. First, the gospel must be preached to all nations. So he gives us an insight into what he's looking for. Yeah. We're, we're concerned about what we're looking for. Remember, this is rethinking life the way God intended, not the way I intend. And God intends for you to hear he wants the gospel preached to all nations. And then he tells them, when they bring you in and they're against you or for you, whatever, he says, and you're anxious about what you're going to say, don't worry about it because mm. it won't be you speaking, but my Holy Spirit within you. So there's kind of like this prophetic word from the Son of God to his disciples that there's going to come this moment 
where I want you preaching to the nations. Stop worrying about when the end of the age is going to come. Just do the mission. And oh, by the way, whenever you get anxious or nervous or hesitant or scared or inhibited to do it, don't worry about it. I'm going to empower you with my spirit. So he's told them way ahead of time. That is really something to consider rolling into Acts chapter 2. Because that's how the story begins there. They're all gathered in one place. They're waiting for this Holy Spirit to arrive. That is what Jesus has told them already. Wait here until my power comes on you. Then you will do what? He, he told them exactly. You'll be my witnesses. He once again said it's going to all be about my mission in Judea, Samaria, and to the Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the othermost parts of the, of the earth. And so... Once again, he's giving you everything you need to know and hear. We're always trying to come at it from a different angle and yeah. find something more in yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Um, he's preparing them here in Mark 13 for what is going to, to come. Correct. And, uh, but yet they, they, they don't understand. You know, Jesus is seeing ahead um, and preparing them. And so when you look at this, this is great because um, this, this can be something that we utilize for our lives even now. The role of the Holy Spirit, what it does, what He does, um, and helping us. Um, I've I have found myself many different times um, not having the not having you know a clue on what I was going to say if I had a a certain gathering that we were going to have, even certain moments with individuals that we that I had to to speak of them of Christ. I didn't have a blueprint. I didn't know where this was going to go. But you just trusted. You just trusted in God's plan. You trusted in what he was going to do and say through you. And the outcome is his, right? All We are just the mouthpiece. We are just to do the work out of obedience. And he is. He focuses on the results. He focuses on the life change. He focuses on everything like that. And so take this verse and really utilize it that way, that the Holy Spirit is using you. Don't be anxious. Don't overthink it. Don't think you need to know. And that's, that's where, you know, two weeks ago I was really honing in on, on the commission because I, a lot of us, we, 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 we disqualify ourselves so fast because we don't have this, we don't have that. And, and right away we just look at what we don't have rather than what we need to look at what we do have. We have influence in certain spheres and, and areas of life. We, we have friendships. We have community. Uh, God's put us in more places than what we realize. Uh, there is that opportunity for everybody, but you can't overthink things. You have to really use what you have and then take the leap of faith and let the Holy Spirit do what everything else he needs to do. And we, we live sometimes in too much biblical curiosity, right? We're always curious about something more instead of paying attention to what is just blatant yeah. and direct. Yeah. And we've been telling everyone, we're trying to give you spiritual insight so that you can grow in your maturity of your faith. And we've been saying it is the message, the mission, and then the miracle. And especially in Acts chapter two, many people want to rush to the miracle, right? And that's what many people did in around the time of Jesus or the nation of Israel did in the Old Testament. And the miracle didn't always equate to greater faith. Yeah. And Jesus says in Mark 13, message, first the gospel message shall be preached to all nations, mission. And then don't worry about how it's going to happen. I'll put my Holy Spirit in you, miracle. 
I mean, it just literally maps itself out. And yet we're like, let's just pay attention to the miracle, but we're not paying attention to the message and the mission. So when you want the miracle and you want the power of the Holy Spirit and you really want to dive into everything Holy Spirit and talk about that because we know that's what people want to do, right? That's like the, the, the big cloud of the unknown. Which way do you bend? Which way do you lean into? What are you going to say you agree with and what are you going to say you don't agree with? What are you going to uh, align with in your interpretation? What are you not? And, and I would say this right up front, okay? Because I know our listeners today are, are really going to tap into this differently. I don't know what translation you use of the Bible for some people. Your translation says Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And some of them say Holy Ghost, <laughs> you know, like, the, you know, the King James Version, Ooh. the Holy Ghost, right? Uh, and so in October, so Holy Ghost. I would just that. I would testify to this. No matter what the translation is, it still gives you that same. Not understanding, but picture Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit meaning supernatural, meaning otherworldly, right? Not of this realm. No one fully understands it. You can't. Anyone who says, I fully, I know everything about the Holy Spirit, and I know what it's really about and what what it's really there for and what it really does, they're not not having biblical wisdom. Because the Spirit of the Lord, it says, blows like the wind, this way and that way, it chooses. And so God chooses how he works. We don't get to just box it in and say he only does it this way or that way, right? And so it is It is the realization that we are always students. We are always disciples. We are always learning. And this is a lifelong adventure where we are encountering the power of the Holy Spirit and it is changing and working in us and through us. This is why yesterday I said there are many people that don't understand the fullness of the Holy Spirit. In the Hebrew, it's the Hebrew word ruach kadosh. In the New Testament, in the Greek, it's the word pneuma. In many ways, it's like the breath of God because it's that close within you. But it's been there from the beginning. The amount of people that think that the Holy Spirit just showed up in Acts chapter 2. Or they wonder, well, then why wasn't it there during the time of Jesus? Because you had the Son of God in your presence. (laughs) You know, you don't need the Spirit of God in your presence when you have the Son of God in your presence. But the Spirit of God has always been there. Genesis 1, hovering over the darkness. We looked a few weeks ago. It's instilled in a creative who's going to build the tabernacle with his gifts and his abilities and the talents that God has given him. It it, it was given to Saul. It says the spirit of God rushed upon him when he was anointed king. It says he was rushed upon David when he was anointed king. And it's the same spirit then, the same spirit in Acts, because it's the same spirit of God. It can do what it wants to do differently, supernaturally, um, in its empowerment, but it's the same, God is never changing. It's the same spirit from beginning to end. And we have to really hold on to that truth as we're trying to discover and learn what the indwelling of the Holy Spirit looks like in our life. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So we are here. We're here with the Holy Spirit. Pentecost is here. Um, Jesus has risen. He spent 40 days with his disciples um, I can only imagine they were very accustomed to him popping in and out, 
they kind of thought this would maybe be a way of how he was going to be managing and maneuvering things moving forward. So the expectation was for him to be there. They didn't, they didn't know that he would be leaving them. And when he did, he says, wait, wait for me. Or, 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 or wait in this place. Yeah. Because a helper is coming for you. And there so that there they are, right? They're they're waiting. Um and correct me if I'm wrong. It it's about ten more days from yep. the, the the ascension. Yep. So, you know, everything's strategic. Yeah. God God knows what he's doing and he knows the the reasons he's doing it. And so Jesus is strategically crucified at Passover because he's the ultimate sacrifice the world needs the same way the spirit of God could have come on any day. Let's be honest, right? He could have come any day day. after Jesus has resurrected, but it's specifically on Pentecost. Pentecost is an annual festival that the, that, that all of Israel is commanded to come back to Jerusalem and celebrate. There's three festivals. And so Pentecost means 50th. It is seven weeks after Passover. It's the harvest festival. This is where you come and you give thanks to God and sacrifice for the things that you have. So this has been going on since the time of Israel out of Egypt. This is not just an Acts 2 thing. And it is specific to this day, specific to this festival. The day in which they're celebrating, God came down on Mount Sinai and he gave them the Torah, the the words to live by. The day that God spoke to them and said, I am going to give you words that are going to propel you to live a life set apart for all the nations to observe. Yeah, And they hold that and they cherish that. And so on this day, God descends and brings his spirit to them. And it's not by coincidence. It's very purposeful for you to understand that when God gave them something that they had lived by for all those years, he was now beginning the new covenant and giving them something at that exact moment to propel them forward in what is to come of the birth of the new church. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So we're, we're there, Acts 2, 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. I love that. Yeah. All together in one place. Uh, what does that make you think of, right? Kind of our gatherings as a community. Yeah. You know, there's power when we're together. Uh, Jesus always wanted uh, community, togetherness with his people. Um and so, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, yeah, talk to us about that, man. So that this is, is a, a symmetrical picture. Yeah. Let's be clear of what's happening in Exodus chapter 19. So the, the writer the is wanting you to see pictures mm-hmm. that if you just read Acts chapter 2, you're going to learn some things. But if you see the full picture, you're going to understand a whole lot more. And so in Exodus chapter 19, God's presence descends on the mountain as Moses goes up to be with God. Mm-hmm. In this moment, there is thunder, there is lightning, which is fire in the sky. There is loud sounds. There is Moses speaking. There's God speaking out of it. 
the people all gathered at the foot of the mountain in God's presence. And then you have those th same things being replicated in Acts chapter two. All the people are gathered. A sound comes into the room like a rushing wind, a storm. It looks like fire in the sky falling upon them. And then they begin to speak just like Moses was speaking. It is the writer showing you that what happened in this event that was so essential to the nation of Israel in Exodus chapter 19, when God was calling them to be kingdom priests, to be set apart for the world to know that he is God, is now happening here for the New Testament church to go out and declare to the world he alone is God. This is the essence of Acts chapter 2. What we do is we take it and we misinterpret it. And we misinterpreted it because it has one word in there we're all going to just get caught up on, and that is it appeared as fire in tongues, and they began to speak languages as they uttered it. And what we do is we try to take this passage and attach it to 1 Corinthians 14, right, which speaks about an angelic tongue, the gift of a tongue. And what we do is we try to marry the two, that it happened here in Acts chapter 2, and this is why it should always be taking place and always happening, and that's not what is taking place here in this scripture. Let's be very clear. Real people, real places, real time. Keep the scripture in its setting, in what is taking place. Don't try to bring something else to it and make it something it's not. The moment here that's taking place is they are being empowered by the Spirit of God to supernaturally speak a different language they were not able to speak on their own. If anything, think about this. If anything, this is the power of God at work. This is also symmetrical to all the way back in Genesis, the Tower of Babel. What happens? God comes down and he separates everyone into other languages so they cannot communicate. In Acts 2, God comes down, and through the power of his Holy Spirit, he gives them the ability to go speak languages as in a people they couldn't communicate with for one purpose, to share the gospel. Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, man, that's good. That's really good. And so, I mean, they're, 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 in Acts 2, lifeless followers of Jesus became now fully empowered agents of the gospel of Jesus. Now they are to be identified as believers right because they're unified together in that moment but yeah i never really thought about it in the um in the context of the story of the ba uh, of um tower of babel I, I thought that's fantastic i held that for the pod <laughs> <laughs> you see that's the Some difference the between things. me and you man i feel like i gotta get everything out in oh, a 30 yeah. minute chunk of time with not, you, not, it's like not thirty. I'll say not this. thirty. I'll say this for later. <laughs> I'll say so this good, little, but I'll say this little it. piece. I can't do that, man. I got I, another one. We'll get there. <laughs> this is what the pod's for. This is why I love I our listeners and I our know. followers because the people listening with us right now, yeah. they are tracking with us. They are, and they are on this adventure at that next level. Yeah. And so we're gonna help show you and disciple you in some things that yeah. we may not get time to say on Sunday. You get some additional treats. That's it. With your, Just uh, hang with us all the way to the, the end. <laughs> Don't cut the pod short. Yeah, the pod is dessert, yeah. right? You get you get the sweetness uh, that's attached to the, the main course. But yeah, I mean, church in 2023, you talked about that. Um, quiet and subtle versus loud and disruptive, right? Uh, just kind of 
uh, you were you were sharing with just people's preference and ways about um, how they uh, quote unquote church. Yeah, you know, uh, some are still and soft; others are energetic and direct. Um, some kneel and cry; others are dancing and shouting, playing yeah. tambourines. Uh, others, uh, <laughs> word of God versus spirit of God. Like you, you broke, yeah. you broke some things out. Um, but for us at Genesis, yeah. this We're, is just us uniquely, right? In East Orlando through this podcast, I want to pay attention to what was happening in Exodus 19 and Acts 2, because the question is, how do I become a kingdom priest? This is not just an old Testament question. Paul writes about this. You are a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. He re-echoes this yeah. in his letters to the church. The first thing we find in both stories, they were all together at the foot of the mountain. They were all together in one place. There was unification. And the church for so long is dividing itself. Now, there are essentials to the faith that I would tell you are immovable, unshakable. You cannot change them. You cannot try to manipulate them. You cannot reshape them. It is the truth of God's word, and you have to either buck up and step in line to that yeah. or realize you're trying to create a faith that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. However, there are also some interpretations within Scripture that different people adhere to that should not divide us as the body of Christ. And one of those major interpretations is the interpretation of the Holy Spirit. Because as you said, you have people that want church quiet and subtle. I, I have friends who come from a Catholic background. We have people all over our church. Genesis has 19 different nations represented. And we have every single church background represented. Yeah. So think about that for a yeah. second. Even if you go to Genesis, keep that in perspective when you know it as pastors. We're trying to guide people from all different countries and nations and different church upbringings on a focused mission. Yeah. When everyone has their thought or opinion about you should do this or you should do that, you should lean this way, you should lean that way. How come you don't express this? How come you don't like, and I'm having to die to some of mine, right? I grew up, I'm a recovering Baptist <laughs> and you're a recovering Pentecostal, Pentecostal right? <laughs> Sitting across the table from each other, enjoying a year long podcast leading together right? Because you are learning things from me and I am learning things from you. There are things that as a pastor that I have had to go, God, you can stretch me there and I'm going to let my hands off of that because my, my church upbringing would clamp down on that. Mm. Just as you're saying, hey, there's some things in my church upbringing that they let their hands out too far on that we need to kind of bring back. And we have all that happening within our church. And so you have the people that you know, they grew up in a Catholic background and they will come in and go, we just stood up and we, we said liturgical prayers. We really never sang. The guy just preached to us and then we did what he said. Yeah. And we're like, stand and worship with us today. And they're like, we never did that in our whole life. Well, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then we have people that worship means there should be a choir. And we have other people that means worship means we should have flags and we should have tambourines and we should just, you know, be running around the room. Right. Like, all these things going on, and we're saying, listen, we all have differences. It's okay to be different. But in this place, we're all going to find out how we can be unified yeah. for the gospel of Jesus. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we get people that come in and say, just preach the word of God, which those are the people that are usually scared of the word Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. <laughs> and then we have the people that are like, hey, are you a spirit-filled church? 
which means we want you to preach God's word, but we want you to preach it, everything bent towards a Pentecostal charismatic approach of the Holy Spirit, fire of God, right? And so everyone's coming with their take. And we're saying, listen, we're going to shed all of that and we're going to go back to God's word and we're going to learn it and rediscover it and rethink it and, and walk this adventure together and we're all going to learn and be taught new things. And so I would say for the people that are scared of the Holy Spirit, you need to realize it's the Spirit of God. It is powerful and it is supernatural, Yeah, right? It does things you can't explain. On the flip side, other people stop coming into the church wanting to do things in the name of the Holy Spirit that he is maybe concerned of doing in that moment because he has all sorts of roles. And what we do is we elevate certain roles of the Holy Spirit and make them higher and more important. And when you look at the Holy Spirit in Scripture, first of all, the first thing we discover about the Holy Spirit, God says, I'm going to take a new covenant and I'm going to write on the tablets of their heart and I'm going to put it within them. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, his first job is to take God's word into our life and ingrain it in our life. That's why he's called the helper. Help us understand this, to comfort us when we're struggling in our faith. That's the, the description Jesus gives him. Jesus doesn't say, oh, he allows you to do all these supernatural crazy things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The miraculous unknown. He comes to comfort and help you first. Pay attention to that. Paul writes and he says, the gifts of the spirit are peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. He doesn't say to come into the gathering and speak in tongues, but he does say he speaks in tongues, right? But when he does, notice what he says. I will read it to you today. First Corinthians chapter 14. He says this, he says, therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. How many people have gone into a setting where that hasn't even taken place? How many people go on if it's a gift from the Spirit and assume everybody in the room should have this same gift? So that's why I go to this church, because we all have the same gift. Well, that would be like me saying everyone in the room has the gift of teaching or everyone in the room has the gift of mercy. I know it because you're all here today. Be like, no, I don't. I strive for it, but I don't have that, right? He says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. Meaning I will pray in a tongue, but I also pray with my mind in words that I can actually clearly say. He says, I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in position of an outsider say amen if you're confusing them or they have no clue what's going on in the moment to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person, listen to this, is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So he doesn't deny this, and I'm not denying it within the scriptures. But listen to what he says. Nevertheless, In church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now, that's not denying the gift of the Spirit. That's not denying something that he does in people's lives. But that is getting people to wake up to the reality that when you say, is this church Spirit-filled? And you're claiming, can I come in and just speak and pray in my tongue? Paul says, no, 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 listen. You come into the church to build each other up. And if this causes confusion, he later says it can sound like a, a, a symbol, like a, a, a noise that's just 
a gong. He says, I'd rather not do it. We have 19 different nations represented. We have every church background represented and no church background. We are trying to keep people focused on the message, the mission, and then allow God to work miracles and we'll celebrate them as we go. But we have people who pray in tongues in our church that pray with other people or pray in their homes before God. And they understand in their spiritual maturity, that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Just like we have people coming in going, I'm not comfortable with you saying that people can do that. And we're saying, hey, we are. That's the differences. And so we can't let our differences divide us. Yeah. We have to be unified. And so some like music loud, some like it soft. Some want to dance, some want to kneel. We're not saying we're giving a green light to all of that. Yeah. That doesn't mean next week at Genesis Church, if you like it loud and disruptive and you want to mm-hmm. dance, run around the room. That means in spiritual maturity, you know, this is how I like it, but there's a whole bunch of other people in here and I'm trying to be unified with all of them on the mission and message of Jesus so that collectively through us, collectively through us, he can do miracles. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we get a front row seat of that. Um, Me being the creative arts pastor at Genesis Church, um, we get the opportunity to serve uh, our church through music. And so we team and I, we, we are up front and we could see everybody. And, you know, like you said, there's, there's crowds that are just, some are subtle, quiet, others are vocal and expressive, energetic. Some are just, you know, and I, at a young age, you know, as I'm, as I'm growing up and we learn, I thank God that he's had so much grace upon me, but you know, you, you interpret it your own way. And you are misguided by it, and you just think, man, like, did I, did I drop the ball here? Like, what didn't I do? Uh, you know, uh, you you your um, you based your your gift on someone else's um, response. Yeah, and and that and that brought uh, a lot of doubt in 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 my gifting. That brought a lot of doubt in myself. Is it is this what God wants me to do? And, and it was just such a such a young, uh, young-minded approach. Just just someone slowly growing in wisdom, you know. And 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 as I've been able to do that, thank God, I've understood everyone's language is different. Everyone's uh, response is different. Um, I can't tell you the countless times that the person that I thought maybe just didn't get anything out of this just approaches me and says, "This was life-changing for me." And, you know, and here and who, you know, shame on me for thinking that nothing even happened, that no uh, God wasn't working in their heart, you know, in that moment or in that song, that it wasn't the right words that they needed to hear, you know. And so I've repented several different times because of that mindset, that it all revolved around uh, my talent, my gifting. And 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 if I can stir up emotion that was a win, you know, um, and, and that really, I'll, I'll admit, that came a lot through my, my background, you know, everything was just, you based your, 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 your day and your, your time in the altar and worshiping from the response and from the energy and from, you know, the movement and expressions of people, and if none of that happened, it was just, it was not a good day. And, and, uh, and God really had to reconstruct what it was to truly worship, what it meant to truly worship. And as you said, 
I've been blessed to be around a lot of different cultures and backgrounds to understand that everyone's approach is going to be different. Um, and I'm sure at this time in Pentecost, there was difference, yeah. different languages, right? Everyone had a different language, you know, everyone has a different language in the way they worship and the way they express, but they were, like you said, unified and together for the, for what the mission the craziest thing, as you said, is the Sundays I think, oh, man, I hit a home run. Nah. You get no feedback. <laughs> and the Sundays that I think, man, I botched that yeah. and I feel like this no is, one was with me and yeah. it felt like I was all alone on that platform. People are like, God spoke to me like never before. I feel like you were preaching right at me. And what it is to me is it's a reminder of Mark 13. Yeah, Don't worry about what to say. Now, that doesn't mean just go in blindfolded. Exactly. Right? It means don't it's worry about how you're time. going to say it. Yeah. Because if you're going to be an open vessel for me, the power of my spirit is going to work through you. Yeah. And to me, that's one of the first moments to know that we are spirit-filled and the Holy Spirit is at work because I'll go, oh, no, I ruined that, I think. Yeah. And someone's going, no, you didn't. God just spoke to me and it changed everything. And it's a reminder humbly that it's not about me. It's all about him. Yeah. It's not about my presentation. It's about the message and the mission of Jesus. And what we have to get to, what we're trying to get people to is a spiritual maturity. That's right. And I will say in 25 plus years of ministry, full-time ministry, pastoring and shepherding, preaching and teaching all around the world in different countries in different churches in different backgrounds, the whole thing. They are immature people that have been following God for a long time yeah. that quenched the power of the Holy Spirit because they're afraid of it. And equally, there are people that have been following God for a long time that are caught up in manifestations they think of the Spirit that are not. And so I've been in churches where it's like they check the Holy Spirit at the door and they only talk about God the Father and God the Son. And then I see people watching these YouTube videos of some guy blowing on an audience and 45 people falling over. And I'm going, that is not of God. I'm just telling you right now. That's not how it was being done in scripture. That's not how it was being done in the New Testament church. That's a different worked up manifestation. You must have spiritual maturity to understand bigger than. It does not say the disciples went around blowing on people, knocking them all down. Well, we just need that to happen because then the Holy Spirit will fall on us. I have equally met people who have yeah. come to God that have no understanding of the power of God at work in them. And I've equally found people that can tell me they got slain in the spirit of God, stood up and haven't lived for God since that moment. Mm. We want a spiritual maturity. We're all unified yeah. around the mission and message of Jesus. Yeah. I, I love where we're at here at Genesis because, you know, we, we, we base everything on fruit. I yeah. love that, you know, People on mission. What's the fruit of your life? What are you doing with everything you're receiving? That's basically the question we're asking every one of our people in our family, in our Genesis family. What are you doing with what God's given you? How are you fulfilling the great the great commission? How are you fulfilling the mission of God? And that's what we care about. You know, our our goal is not to see the seats filled. Our goal is to see people on mission on a consistent basis and. It seems to me that is what really the Holy Spirit was empowering uh, his people is 
I want them to be on mission. I'm giving you everything you need. Don't worry about anything. Just be obedient and go do it. And so it doesn't mean, like you said, that you don't prepare. Doesn't mean you don't read your scripture and prepare yourself for, you know, some questions that may arise with the unbeliever that you're presenting the gospel to. Um, but what it means is, hey, I may not have all the answers, yeah. but the fifth verse of the story, like, yeah. tells you that. Yeah, they were devout Jews from all nations. You know why? Because they came from every region back to Jerusalem to celebrate yeah. Pentecost. Yeah, so they're all in the city. And they speak different languages. And it says they were bewildered because each one heard in their own language. Yeah. So it's like some people stop at verse 4 and then come up with this whole understanding of the Holy Spirit instead of realizing this is exactly what he did. And as you said, it wasn't just that piece that mirrors Mark 13. Jesus told them, I want the gospel preached to all nations, and it'll be my Holy Spirit. It's what they did beyond that, the whole chapter. Yeah. And that's why we wanted people to see that it calls them to live a devoted lifestyle. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit at work in you changes all areas of you. If you really understand the Holy Spirit is at work in you, it is the conviction, it is it is the 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 helping, it is the guiding, it is the discernment, it is the wisdom, it is all these things he brings into your life. Therefore, if you are spirit filled, by the Spirit of God, as Peter said, repent and be baptized and be filled with the Holy Spirit in a sermon in Acts chapter 2, still part of the whole story, it says, and then they devoted themselves. Yep. So there's an outcome to what happened at the beginning. It's not just people heard the gospel. People heard the gospel. It changed their life. 3,000 were added that day, and then they all became devoted to new things, devoted to things that would set them apart from everyone else. Yeah. Which, which for me means taking action. And I say that because we, we just finished doing our largest growth track. Uh, membership class. Membership class, if you don't know. It's, it's uh, just an opportunity for our, fam our Genesis family, our church, to, be, uh, to, to really take things to the next level. Just like this, devote devote themselves. 71 people. 71 people. Being added said, to our I'm church I'm devote myself to... The mission of God, yep. and 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 that is, that is fruit. Yes, right. It's, it's. Hey, it's not. Hey, we we got fifteen people saved, but what 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 happened to them? Where are they at? Where are they at the next week? What? How how are we getting them devoted to the gospel, the way that it was taking place in the New Testament? at the birth of the church in Acts 2, 42 and 43. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, right? It's, it's I'm devoting myself. I'm, I'm taking on a new pathway. It requires me to take action. I'm taking steps. I'm taking, I'm creating new habits in my life. I'm creating healthy habits, spiritual habits that are taking me further, closer and closer to God. Um, and, and I'm, Putting a pushing away the old things. So, what's the song you sang yesterday? Make room. Yeah, we, and then like the bridge room. says, uh, "What's the bridge say?" Uh, I, I got pieces of it in my head, but I can't remember. Uh, yeah, shake up the ground from all my tradition. Tradition. Tear uh, down the walls. Tear down walls of, from all my from all, all my, my religion. religion. Yep. Every time your we sing that, your way is better. Every time we sing that, we singing that yesterday, and I'm looking around, going, "This, this, this one phrase." 
is what I pray is the embodiment of this church. Shake up the ground from all my traditions, meaning all the things I've made it be that it's not supposed to be. Tear down the wall of all my religion because it's not about religion. It's about relationship. Yeah. Your way is better. We sing this and I like, I get goosebumps when we sing it. Right. That's awesome. Like I just, in that moment, I'm so going, powerful. this is it. This is what I want everything in this church to be about. Right. And so you take this passage and you take the different people in our churches, different nations, but also different church upbringings. Yeah. If you grew up in Catholicism, this is going to shake your traditions and break down your religion because a place you attend for mass and you check off a box or you go in a box to confess your sins and you walk away back to your lifestyle yeah. is disrupting all of that when you're being called to live on mission and participate in something more than you've ever participated in before. If you've grown up evangelical or Baptist, it was all about the preaching of Peter to repent and receive salvation for the forgiveness of your sins and the Holy Spirit, and then walk away with no discipleship and count all the hands that were raised on the street or in the service that day and send them in and then just tout them. For the Pentecostal, the charismatic, they didn't stay in the upper room going, oh, we get to speak in this unknown tongue. Let's just hang out here. Let's pray all day and let's worship and sing songs so that we feel good and let's go home. For everybody, it disrupts all of it. As you said, it is being empowered by the Spirit of God to go proclaim God to the world and to live a devoted lifestyle to Jesus. That is the spiritual maturity that we are desiring to discover. Yeah, that's good, man. And so the Acts 2 church, we see they devoted themselves to teaching, they did the apostles' teaching, so now it's 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 um, it's discipleship. Yeah, all of it is it's discipleship. And the word devoted matters. Yeah. They didn't value it. Devoted means good or bad, whether I feel it or not. No feeling. All emotions it. out of it. Yeah. When you're devoted, I'm devoted I'm to in. my spouse. Yeah. And we don't always get along, right? Yeah. But I'm devoted to her. I'm yeah. devoted to my family. And sometimes my kids irk the snot out of me, right? But I'm devoted to them as a father. We're devoted to the things of God when we are growing in spiritual maturity. So we're devoted to the teachings. They were devoted to the teachings of the apostles. So we're devoted to church, to gathering, unifying in one place. Some people, sadly, in this city are more devoted to Disney and to SeaWorld on the beach than they are the body of Christ. They're devoted to fellowship, being together with one another, which doesn't always mean friendship, but fellowshipping together because of your faith. Yeah. Devoted to breaking bread opening their home and living. Some people don't even realize you should be devoted to growing and nurturing godly relationships in your life so that you have godly influences in your life because everywhere else you go, you may not have that around you and that's why you struggle. They were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to generosity. They were devoted to repentance. We see all these things and this is what we're supposed to do. And this is the power of it. It says at the very end of it all, that um, they were praising God. They found favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So when we become devoted followers of God, what is amazing is that God just begins to add to your number daily those that are being saved. Because if you're doing the things that God called you to do, it becomes attractive to people around them 
You have favor with them because you're living differently in a world where they're trying to find hope and hopelessness, light and darkness. They're trying to find truth in a world where it is subjective and objective to whoever decides what they want it to be. And you have that answer. And when you do and people find it, God draws them there and he puts them there. That's the beauty of it when the power of the Holy Spirit comes down. Yeah, that's good. I, um, when, you, when you mentioned that verse, I think right away of the, the movie Jesus Revolution, and, uh, and not to be a spoiler or anything like that, but it's just one of those where the main character really finds himself, um, uh, he, 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 he's attracted to the love, loyalty, and devotion of a lot of the believers. And, and, and really that becomes his, uh, kind of that, that building, yeah. uh, of his faith, you yep. know, and, and, uh, it's attracting, it's attracting because you're living on purpose, yeah. not on accident. Not this is why the scriptures say it's a sweet and pleasing aroma yeah. unto the Lord. Yeah. You know, you walk into the place and something smells good. You're like, and it draws you in cause something has been baked well or whatever. Yeah. That's how your life is supposed to be. That's right that it's sweet and pleasing to other people and it draws them in. It doesn't push them away. It isn't so quiet and subtle. They don't know it's there and it's not so loud and disruptive that it scares them and confuses them. Yeah, exactly. It's a healthy spiritual balance in the middle. So bring this okay. all together. Pentecost. All right. and so ready? Yeah. So there's two things here and we're going with these. Yeah. All right. Cause I didn't say this yesterday, but this is a little teaser for what's coming up because we are, we are getting close to the book of revelation. The never-ending story of God beginning to end is a whole story for the whole person. Yeah. Don't take it apart. See the scope of it all. Acts chapter 2 is all about the Spirit of God coming down in to dwell in the people's lives. This is a common theme in the story of God from the very beginning. Genesis 1 to 3, we find God comes down into the garden to be with his creation and to walk amongst them, right? Exodus chapter 19, God comes down and descends on the mountain with Israel around it, Moses coming up it. Exodus 35, God says, I want you to build a tabernacle so I can come down and be in your midst that you would create a house for my presence to be with you and you will pick it up and you will take it with you wherever you go. In 1 Kings 6, God says to Solomon, you can build me a permanent house, a temple, where my presence will come down and it will be, and you will come into his presence. And Matthew chapter 1, God comes down, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us, to be with us in flesh. Acts chapter 2, God comes down, in the form of his spirit to dwell in us. So from Genesis 1 to Acts chapter 2 so far, God always comes down to be with his people. Be very careful that your theology does not hinge around some idea of you going up when God is always coming down. I'll just say that right there for right now. And we'll come back to it in Revelation. <laughs> However, the cool part the of cliffhanger, huh? Exodus 19 and Acts chapter 2 is at the end of all this. Exodus 19, God comes down. Acts 2, God comes down. 
Moses goes up to be with God. Jesus ascends to the Father to be with God. Uh, God gives his word. God gives his spirit. But that, that, that realization that it's not, they're not made up numbers. 3,000 were taken away at Mount Sinai because they chose to worship a golden calf. And God drew a line in the ground and said, will you be devoted to me and the instructions I've just given you in the, on these tablets? If so, step forward, step closer to the mountain. And it says that they, the earth swallowed up 3,000 a day and took them away. Notice who they took away. The ones who didn't want to follow God, not the ones who were. Back to what I just said a second ago. And then in Acts chapter 3, it's not by coincidence that when the Spirit of God comes down and he writes it on the tablets of their hearts, that when Peter preaches, it says God gave 3,000 to their number that day. It is a beautiful, symmetrical piece of the story, both happening at Pentecost, to remind us that the same God at work then is the same God at work now. He is not changing. He may change in how he chooses to empower and work his miracles through us. But it's his story. He's writing it. He's the author. We have to ask ourselves, are we fully devoted to it? Ooh, let's go. Ultimate cliffhanger right there, bro. You... <laughs> It's an episode, man, and it's just keeping us at the edge of our seat. I love it. It's fantastic, man. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed episode 43. This has been fantastic, just diving in into Acts now as we have now a main central, different main central figure. And it's, it's, it's some great things are about to happen, yeah. you know, and we're going to see a lot of the work of, of, of what's about to take place excited where we're going and uh we don't have many weeks till nine left yeah man nine left it's crazy it's It's crazy so thank you guys for joining us we hope you were blessed by today's episode man again like subscribe follow us on all social platforms post sunday podcast give us also a like and subscribe to our youtube hit that notification bell we'll love to get you guys the fresh episodes when they release and don't forget to just to leave us a um, a comment as well and, and a review on our Spotify and iTunes accounts. That'll be great, man. Really get the exposure out. As producer Stanton said earlier, post Sunday podcast at gmail.com. You can submit some questions and really uh, if there's anything that you need uh, that we can be a support for you and help, we want to be there for you guys. Submit those and send those over or hit us up on, on DM in any of our um, social media accounts as well. But we hope today was a blessing for you guys. We can't wait to be back with you guys next week for episode 44. Until then, grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.